Hello everyone, welcome to the show. This is Homeless at Large on Anchor FM. Um, I'm here with this voice telling trial with my co-host. Anthony Potter. We're here today, we're going to bring some news. We got some updates, I got a few things to put out there. Maybe I can get the community behind it, maybe we can get some um, people to share it. But let me step, touch on my sponsors real quick. So first I want to, I want to promote um, my sponsor, Anchor FM. Uh, it's the world's first free podcasting uh, network um, or app. They will help you make your podcast. They will help you um, distribute your podcast through different feeds like Spotify and all kinds of other stuff. They'll give you coaching tips and all that. The best thing is Anchor is free. So here's the call to action. Let's download Anchor and give them a shot. Mr. Potter, it is January the 1st. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's a new beginning, a new year to try again. Yes, sir, and uh, thanks for being alive. Go ahead and take over for a second. Alright. Uh, what did you do for New Year's, Anthony? Um, I basically partied, which means for me, stay home and smoke weed. So outside of that, um, just was a homebody, stayed home, smoked some weed. Um, just kind of enjoyed the evening, right? Enjoyed the evening. Um, caught the different things on the TV. That's cool. So um, I wanted to bring to some attention to a couple things. So now, as you know, like Brandy bought us two boxes of blankets. We already got rid of one where we go. Um, Distributed it to all to all the uh, uh, houseless homies um, over at Armory, at Armory yeah. Park. We gave one to somebody out here on um, Ahu and Six. Um, another thing I wanted to say is uh, I went ahead and went through that um, that um, Fresh Start program, Anthony, and um, so I finally got my uh, my absolute discharge certificate. And so I sent that into a judge, put in the petition with this attorney, and with any luck, I'll be getting all my constitutional and civil rights back, including my rights to bear arms, which would be really nice. We'll be able to go hunting again, Anthony. Nice. I'll be able to take us hunting. But, uh, you know, that's one of the things. So I want to say a few things. I want to put out a few things. First of all, I want to get in touch with this call, place called, what's it called again? That place that's out there? Uh, Community Care. Community Care Tucson. I want to get with them. Maybe we can get a, an event going where we can go out and do an event and get people housing. Um, I want to speak to them about some stuff. I've been kind of down, as you know, Anthony, with this brown recluse bite. And it's getting smaller, you know. It's looking better. Um, I made a post earlier on Facebook. And the post is a revolutionized way we're going to treat homelessness. The fact is that too many people have privatized the homeless shelter system. Do you agree, Anthony? Um, they have, just they, because the, the government's the one that's supposed to take care of everything. Well, I know it's but not. the government says it doesn't have the money, so it partnered up with the churches. Now it's saying it's the churches. Now it's the police. Well, here's the problem. So what I think is that they privatize charity too much. Charity is supposed to be in the hearts of the people, not in the hands of the government. 
Okay, it's in the hearts of the people. It's a free thing. So but, if you have a shelter, city employees should run that shelter, and then they have volunteers to work for those. But the city employees are the boss. They decide what happens to rules and regulations. They can hire whoever they want. If they want to hire from within the shelter, great. But the city runs that shelter. That way there's accountability for that shelter and what they do. They can't do anything without the city's guidelines, right? Right. That promotes more people to get help because now the city can set the process so for being in the shelter. So you're saying we can make things better by growing the government? Well, not growing the government, more growing people to volunteer. See, because the thing about this is, look, what's happened now is they get these organizations together and one person owns them, so it promotes this poverty pimping. If the city's keeping track of progress of people that are in that shelter, it promotes them not to put them shelter to shelter to shelter. It can take them from seven shelters a year to down to one and now they're housed. Because now they have a staff member that works with them through city employment and they'll be able to say, well, okay, we got this housing navigator, you got a fucking income, let's get you housed. Right? Right. Or they have a job services navigator that helps them all the way through the process of getting a job. And the shelter is their address. A shelter is not supposed to be a dump and stay. It's supposed to be a temporary stepping stone to your own. Shelter, right? Stepping stone to your own. Too many people, the reason the shelters are always full is people have made a habit of living in these shelters. Okay? They get used to it. And that's kind of taking advantage of the system that needs to help people. Well, these shelter staff have gotten lazy too. Not only that, but they privatize it. If there's no privatization, there's no money to be made. You're getting paid a city wage to work there. Right? <coughs> right. There's no money to be made. Now you get those silly volunteers to get people who are on parole and have community service to also help clean the shelter and run the shelter. Right? So you're saying the way, one of the ways to help is to get it to not be about the money. Right, not about the money. It's about... Charity should be in the hearts of the people. It's on that person if they want to do charity work or not. But charity work is free. You don't get paid for it. The city shelter is city ran. There's city employees there that monitor everything that goes on there. And they make sure there's a process laid out for each person. Individualized process where these people, by the time they leave that shelter, they're housed. They have a start. So... What part of the whole system would you publicize first? Well, the first part is that we need to get some people together. Because the first people I want to help are the ones who have this Project Home for a payee. I want to utilize Project Home to get their clients together and get with Brandy Champion of um, Community Housing and Development here in Tucson. And we're going to get all their clientele housed right away. Because they have an income. Work with Project Home. Give them their fucking apartment manager's address. Give them their rent amount. And it's paid. Tell this is what they're going to pay. This is what you pay them. This is check you right out. That gets paid first and foremost. This person doesn't see this, that money. No matter what, their rent's paid. Now we get some people from the community who are interested in this ending chronic homelessness to do outreach. So now you get this person to do an outreach and they go over 
to project home and they get a weekly allowance for this person and a check to go take care of their needs. Now, if the person's violent, the person can go cash a check and get their needs, you know, somebody will ride with them and they'll go get the needs, take them a bag of goods that are from like a family dollar, put $10 for allowance in the bag and that's how they receive their stuff. They knock on the door, go to the end of the hall when the person answers and opens the door, it's right there on the doorknob. Their sack of um, hygiene supplies, their cleaning supplies, all that, it's right there in the bag. They watch until they open the door, done deal. Right? Right. Now, as long as that rent's paid, that person is there. Their money's there. That's where their money's going to be. They no longer have a reason to go back out on the streets. Correct? Correct. And chronic homelessness. Get a case we're going to go by every now and then to check, make sure the house is clean, taken care of, good to go. They don't return. Simple. Now, you take this project home, and instead of being a privatized organization, you make it city-ran. Again, the city hires the people who work for that PE system. It creates accountability for that PE system. There's no more things like Scope did to those people and take their money. So what if the city just hires their friends and family? So what if the city, they have to hire a CPA, a certified financial consultant, somebody who knows what they're doing. So the city hires that person. Now they're on city funds. They're paid by the city to manage these people's money. Okay? They don't have to take no money out of the checks. They manage their money. They pay the rent, decide their allowance. The person has a debit card. The allowance goes on the debit card. They get their allowance. Somebody brings and buys their supplies. Done deal. Decide what it's going to take to get their toothpaste, their toothbrushes, all that stuff. Give it to a caseworker, let them go out and get their, their essentials, like the cleaning supplies, like hygiene items, on a card. They pay, take back a receipt to that caseworker that gave them the, the card. Now, they get that list of items from like a dollar store. Now the payee decides how much they left after they get their hygiene items and their cleaning items for the house each week. And they make them an allowance. Each week they'll get a certain amount of money. That payee can't rip out the money because it's in a city-ran bank account. That CPA can only release the money to that person. To a to certain cards, right? Right. Now that person goes out, that CPA sends a caseworker out. They do all their shopping, get their toilet brushes, their toilet this, toilet that. They have a card for each person. They pay for that person's stuff right out of the bank account. The payee certifies so much to come out for their hygiene supplies each week, and that's all they can come out. The payee certifies so much to come out on the, the, the person's card, the, the client's card. Each week, that much goes into that card, no more, no less. That's what they got for allowance. That's how it works. Now the charity part is, the people who go out and bring these people in for housing. Charity is the outreach. You start out, doing something in a park, like an event, where you have clothing for free, you have, and you ask these people one question, so two simple, two questions. Do you have income? If you do, do you have SSI and a payee? Those people should be housed right away, right? Those with income, they should be housed right away, correct? Correct. Why not get them housed? We get people that want to go out and feed the homeless. Well, if you really want to help homelessness, get together with me. I have somebody that, with the city that does housing, 
it's a direct connection. We can do this the right way. Now we're not just going out and giving them handouts no more. We're going to get them on their own feet. We'll get in touch with their payees. We'll get in touch with the city. We'll get in touch with housing. We'll get them an apartment, get them put up. It's done. Simple as that. It's a simple process. No more pushing around the homeless. No more police calls for the homeless. We figure out who they are. We get an event together in that area and we deal with it. We find the ones with income first and then like the homing project. That's where that's going to come in. So like say you have somebody without income. They're out on the streets. Now you got this homing project where there's tiny homes. You send them to Dr. Olson. We do intake on them. Put them in a tiny home. We help them get their in while they're there. We assess their living situation. We get them incorporated to where they're used to living indoors and using a washer and dryer and all that shit, right? And we help them obtain income. They have an address. They can get a job or whatever. They can get mail there. And this system, this, this homing project should be a kind of a care facility. So it's a launching pad to better. You know? So the ones that can get jobs, you put those people there. The ones who can get SSI, you put those people there. Get them in the process of filling out SSI. And we just wait until they get it. But they're independent living. Their food is just brought to them. They keep their own house. They have their privacy. They have their own storage. They're safe. They don't lose touch with their caseworker. Now, you tell me that wouldn't work. It would work as long as you got a way to keep them all accountable. Well, and see, that's the thing. I've already got staff for that, too. So, the way we do it is, I got like Doc. Doc and all them, they're willing to do security. I got people that are willing to do security and clean up. We're going to put a little, around each tiny home, we can put a little fencing area to where they have their individual space. A gate, kind of, you know what I'm saying? Once that gate's there, their own space is their space. Now, if they don't want to keep it clean, we get 10 or 12 people from the community who are there helping. We get them together, we go over, and we say, you got to clean and get out. They can't lock the gate. You got to clean and get out. You got to pitch into the community or get out. You got to do what your, your routine or get out. Those people are the ones that are making troubles. And more than likely, they're the ones that need to get caught shoplifting. So what you do, you send them back out. Now they go shoplift, right? Now you put them on a chain gang, and for every dollar value, so for every dollar they stole, say they stole $10, for every dollar amount, up to $10, you put them on a month chain gang. So somebody who steals $10 of the merchandise, they're going to be on a chain gang for 10 months. During that 10 months, you get, um, like, contractors to go out and clean the roads and stuff, like landscaping contractors, to take these people out. And they do volunteer work in the community. And if that contractor likes that person the way they work, they make an agreement with the jail where they put in an application. They can bring an application to the person. And by the time the person gets out of the jail, they set it up to where they have a job, they have money saved back, they get housing. See? It works. But by the time they're done doing 10 months in a fucking chain gang where if they don't work, they eat bread and water, they won't want to shoplift anymore, will they? Especially if they know the time on the chain gang the next time doubles. So for every dollar amount you steal, you do two months on each chain gang. That means for $10, now you're going to do 20 months. 
Would you stop shoplifting, Mr. Potter? Yeah. See, this is why I don't like these meds they put these people on. Mm -hmm. Mr. Potter used to be a person, a very attentive person. Now he seems like he's in space. Like those shots fuck you up, Mr. Potter. I don't like those. I want you off of those. And we're going to get you off. I don't think you're court ordered if you're not on probation. I think they're bullshitting you. I want to get an attorney to call and I need some litigation because I need to find out if he's not on probation or uh, um, on a probation plan, can the court order him to take medication or take a shot that is really kind of making him zone out? He's not healthy. Um, but that's the way I feel about it. They, they're medicating these people out. Like Anthony barely speaks for himself anymore. They're just making him complacent in, in whatever they put him in. That's bullshit, man. That's bullshit. You need to get the old Anthony Potter back, the one that listened and answered people. Do you see how you kind of zone out and you don't listen? I'm listening. I mean, you know, it's just, yeah, it's hard, man. Those medications fuck people up. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. What do you think, Mr. Potter? I think it could work. You think it'd be a great system? I think it would, it wouldn't do any worse than what's going on. The numbers now. wouldn't be going up, that's for sure. They wouldn't be going up. Right now the numbers are increasing. That would cut the numbers back dramatically. Right? It would also end the chronic homeless monks mentally ill because now they have to pay you paying the rent, they don't have a choice. That place is always going to be there, the rent's paid. And that's where their money goes, that's where they pick up their check every week. Guess what? They have no reason to return to the streets, right? Now if they go get drugs, they, they're only going to get what their allowance allows them to get. They take it back to their apartment, they're hidden, they can do it in their apartment. They'll find much better use there. As long as, long as they don't care what you do inside your home, let them do whatever the fuck they want. If they're in the house smoking speed, so what? Have a nurse come up and check on them, make sure they don't overdose. Eventually you'll be able to break them of that habit. Because they got hope now. They got a sign of hope. Oh man, I'm housed. This is nice. It's easier to get away from everything when you're housed. Right? Yeah. A lot easier to break those addictions. So, if we go out and get the ones that have the incomes of the pay first, that cuts back 80% of the homeless out there right now. How do you deal with addiction? Addiction? Addiction is a story. There's a large addiction population out there. Addiction is a story of loss of hope. Okay? So, what people do is they substitute that addiction because they're missing something. They're missing something. There's a sign of trauma. So these people will go out and they find the first thing that makes them feel good and they do it. So if we give them something better than make them feel good, get them a house, show them success, eventually with the success, the dope will wean out because they'll find out they can have success and, and the job all at the same time, correct? Correct. There you go. Once you have success, once you have that taste of success, you start gaining hope and confidence in yourself and you no longer need drugs to promote that confidence and feel good. You substitute 
what's that called, um, success to activate the dopamines in their head. Once they get that taste of success and that dopamine starts flowing with that success, they're like, wow, I got money in my pocket, I got a house, I can buy a fridge full of food. It eliminates their want to go out and get dope because now they want to make their house better, more comfortable. That's where I theorize it. And they'll just slowly phase the dope out. They'll phase it out. But you got to give them a sign of hope. 90% of these people out there being addicts is because they have no hope. There's no hope. They get pushed around by the cops. Society bulls, bullies them. And nobody helps them. All they get is lied to. Do you agree? Mr. Potter? Do you yeah. agree? I mean, see how you're kind of spaced out right there? See how kind of spaced the answer right there? You spaced it, man. That's that medicine they got you on. You're slow. I hate that shit, man. I, I was sitting there talking to you and you just... Like you weren't even there. Seriously. Um, do you see how that would help? What is, what's your opinion? Do you think that would help? Do you have any ideas to make it better? Um, I think one part is putting people in a better space. Give them some hope. But people want to, need to want it too. Well, and that's the thing. For the people that want to be out there, fine. Set up a campground. I got people like Doctor to run that place. We'll get a group of people together and they'll fucking maintain the rules. And as long as there's community and police support behind it, nothing bad can happen. There's always one there that's willing to call the police as a security agent there. They get together, go 10 at a time. If there's somebody not volunteering, not following the rules, we get 10 or 12 people together and walk up to them. They're not less apt to get nervy, correct? Correct. They're not going to get violent with 10 or 12 people standing there. They might. They're not. You back certain people into a corner. Well, what they're going to do is that these people are going to go in there and say, look, you're breaking the rules here. We're not going to take it. Now, those 10 people, if they have to pick that person up, pick them up. There's 20 of them, 10 or 20 of them there. They might get one, but the rest of them are going to get them. It's on. All 10 of them bum rushing. Pick him up by his hands and his ankles, escort him outside the gate and close the gate. He don't go back in. Put his picture on the wall. Now the police can deal with him. That's his problem. Eventually he'll catch on, right? But if they want to be out there, teach them how to do it right. Set up an encampment where they can come pitch their tent, live on the ground as long as they take care of it. Take care of it. Have pride in it. Right? Show them how to teach you an encampment right to where it's not frowned upon. Because there are some people that just want to be out there. Correct? Correct. So why take away their liberty? People like me, I should have been left alone. All those years, I should have been left alone. What about the people who don't want to camp around anybody? Well, that's why we get enough acreage to where they can set up a tent somewhere where they want. But they're going to need resources soon. If they have a bike or whatever, and they want to be away from everybody, give them a spot. Let's find a piece of land that's big enough where people can pick their own spot. If they want to take care of themselves, great. 
But if we find out that Steve, we'll get together with stores and neighbors. That's the big thing, stores and neighbors that are in the neighborhood. And we say, look, if you catch somebody stealing, we'll supply a camera for them, a Wi-Fi camera. Let them put it on their phone. If you catch somebody stealing from your yard, this is what you do. You call this place. If they're associated with this place, you call us and we'll take care of them. When they get back, the police are there waiting for them. They go do time on the chain game. Simple as that. Cameras are cheap. I get cameras for cheap. I can get cameras for three or four dollars a camera. I'll give one to every neighbor around our campsite. Somebody steals something, they're done. The police are waiting at the camp when they come back. That ends their thieving. They'll know they can't go to that neighborhood and steal no more. But we'll help the neighborhood essentially cut back on crime by doing that. We'll cut back on crime. Property crime especially. And that might be the big win out of it all. That's right. It'll cut back on crop, property crime. Out in the rural areas. It stops property crime. I'll supply cameras. I can get cameras cheap. Give each fucking neighbor a Wi-Fi camera. Have Wi-Fi cameras outside the camp. Inside the camp. Monitored. Done. That cuts back a lot of shit right there, Anthony. True. That cuts back a lot. Go ahead. What was you going to say? I was going to say anybody could have their story, but it better match what's on the camera. That's right. It better match what's on the camera, because that's what we're going by. See? And that cuts back everything, man. That gets the community involved. Then the neighborhood can pitch into the camp. Hey, if there's somebody there that doesn't have something, they need something, neighborhood walks around. Hey, man, we got some clothes here we can donate to y'all. Now these people come out, get what they want. They can leave a bin, whatever. These people take back what they want to their tents. There's no mess in society. Somebody wants to come feed, they do it on the property. We got people that pick it up. Right? Right. That cuts back trash in the parks. Right? Right. Okay, done. We get volunteers to do that. We keep the place clean, keep people monitored. We get police, get the police behind it and the city behind it, done deal. We got an encampment. Now, you think about that, Anthony. I want you to talk about that for a minute and what your thoughts are. Fill in some friends. I yeah. think it's definitely a program that's more open. It's taking people, giving them uh, the rights back. It's giving them a better place. Takes away from the hardship. Yeah, it takes away the hardship. Give them a place to see where they're safe. Now, as far as the property goes, we uh we put like lockers that they will supply locks for, the client will supply the locks for, okay? If they have any kind of weapons, they have to be in the locker outside the program. They lock it up. They put a lock on the locker, and we have cameras watching the lockers. We know who's assigned to what locker. 
we see who gets in the lockers or out of them. Somebody goes in the wrong locker, well, that's not going to happen because they got a key. There's a guard at the locker who knows which locker belongs to who. That cuts back everything, man. That gives them security for their valuables. They can keep their IDs in the locker. If they have any weapons, they have to leave them in the locker because no weapons on premises. That cuts back weapons violence on, on premises, right? I don't care if they do drugs, but if I see them selling them, it's a problem. We got cam we'll have cameras all over the lot. Now, if you're doing drugs inside your tent and you're not making public business out of it, it doesn't become public business. But if we catch somebody out on the grounds in common area doing drugs or selling drugs or doing hand-to-hand -hand exchanges, we go to that person and investigate what they're exchanging. Right? Right. So if we find them doing hand-to-hand -hand exchanges, that's likely, more than likely some kind of drug deal. If you're going to do your drug deals, go off property, go away from the area, bring your drugs back, do them in your tent, and don't fucking involve nobody. Simple as that. As long as we don't see it, we don't care. If we don't see it, we don't care. It's their business. What they do in their private domicile, like their tent, that's their fucking business. As long as we don't see it. And as long as it's kept neat. And it's kept neat, right. They can't have a pile of trash or people coming in and out. That don't work like that. If they don't belong there, they don't belong there. They don't come there. We have people standing at the gate that won't open the gate for anybody who doesn't live there. No guess. You're here fucking to camp out. You're here to go to bed. You're not here to bring a bunch of guests. You're a guest, so appreciate the place to be and place to sleep. But you're a guest here. Respect it. You can be here all day if you want. You can set up camp. You can be here. You can call it your camp. As long as you keep it neat and clean and you do it the right way. We'll find ways to get them to town to do grocery shopping or whatever. But, you know, for the most part, if they want to be out there, let them be out there taking care of themselves. We don't want to see them panhandling. If we see them panhandling, they get, you know, I don't like panhandlers. I don't. I'm going to tell you why. Most of these people out here panhandling, they're young kids. Just being fucking lazy. Do you agree? They're able-bodied motherfuckers being lazy. That's wrong, man. Like, they're hitting me up for money. And you and I, people like you and me, we don't have money to give them, do we? No. Do you enjoy being hit up for money when you go to the store? I don't. Right. It's fucking wrong. But I don't, I don't want someone criminalized for doing it either. Well, but I don't want it done. The reason being is because... That person is panhandling 90% of the time. There's ways to make money in this society. Well, you know there's rules to it too, right? You're not supposed to ask anybody within 25 feet of an ATM or within 8 feet of a door. Yeah, but they're not following the rules. You're also not supposed to ask fellow homeless people. But I, you can tell I was homeless. When I was homeless, you could tell. There was no doubt I was homeless. And they were asking me for money every time I went to the store. I'm sick of that shit. I was climbing in and out of dumpsters for my fucking money. 
If I can go climb in and out of dumpsters and collect cans, so can that motherfucker. If I can carry them to recycle centers, so can that motherfucker. If they got two legs and can walk, they can collect cans. They're on the fucking ground everywhere, Anthony. Right? Right. Why should they have to panhandle? There's plenty of cans laying around out there. Collect cans. Stop fucking relying on everybody else to support you, dumbass. Because that's why homeless problems started. All these fucking panhandlers. See? That's the problem. They get aggressive. I don't like panhandlers. There's too many ways to make money. Unless they're a disabled veteran in a fucking wheelchair with one leg. I can see them panhandling. I can understand that. But a young kid walking around just asking for money so he can go get a blue. That's bullshit. Click hands, motherfucker. Yeah? Why shouldn't you criminalize drug addicts from panhandling? That's all they're doing, getting drugs with somebody else's money. That's wrong. I understand that the act of once you give somebody money, it's what they do with it is their business. But the fact is this. If you got a bunch of drug addicts just getting together buying drugs all the time, they're constantly out there panhandling, being a detriment to society and stealing from stores. That's a problem, right? Because what happens with that store once you steal enough from them? They raise the prices on the merchandise, correct? Correct. Okay, who does that hurt? That hurts people like you and me. You know why? Because now we can't afford to buy shit from that store no more. We have an income. We didn't steal. We're paying that price. Correct? Correct. Why? Exactly. So that motherfucker can sit out there and panhandle and buy dope? That's not right. All my years of addiction, Anthony, two things I never did. I didn't steal for it, and I didn't panhandle for it. I always went out and got in dumpsters and gathered fucking whatever I could. Whatever I found of value in the dumpster, that's my business. I don't take anybody's information. I don't take anything with names on it. No kind of paperwork, none of that. I leave that in there. Usually I shred it if you I know, can. I know a person that actually paid, helped uh, pay for college and law school Out of dumpsters. Uh, by dumpster diving. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You can make money in the trash. But you can't go stealing people's debit card information and shit like that. That's when people get in trouble. So you got to find the good ones that just go in there for cans and whatever valuables they find away that somebody threw away, then they can take them. But you don't take people's paper out. Get people to start shredding their paper stuff with their name on it. Just throw away whatever they don't want and let the people dig in there and get it. Who cares? That's good. Recycle. You know, but if I can get a group of people together who have stuff that they don't want anymore and we bring people in to an event where we feed them, we give them clothing, some blankets, and then we ask them a question on a flyer that they have to answer for their food. Do you have SSI income? Do you have a payee? If they answer yes to both of those, we have a housing navigator that stops them at the door and puts them in housing. Project home pays the rent, 
Prophet told me to notify to keep paying the rent and not stop. And then we find Facebook to go over there and take care of them. Make sure they integrate back into society and they're not coming back out to the streets. It essentially takes charity back. It gets it out of the hands of the government and back into the hearts of the people. If you're going to volunteer to go help homeless, why take it to Salvation Army who puts it in a thrift store and won't give it to a homeless guy looking for a pair of work boots to go to work and doesn't have any money? Well, you can't have that pair of work boots because they're labeled $10 and we can't sell them for no less than $10. Bullshit. You got them free, give them free. Now you can take that pair of work boots to something like my camp, drop them off, you can pick the homeless person you saw that needed them and hand that person those pair of work boots. You know, get the community out there talking to these homeless people, asking them what they need. If they need a pair of work boots, somebody gets together and, oh, well, we got a pair of work boots. What size you wear? You bring it direct to that person, you're directly helping that homeless person. You know that off your pair of work boots that you donated, some homeless person went and got a job because you follow that person. You come back and check on them. How you doing with that job? Oh, man, I'm doing great. You keep up with it. It's a charity thing. You did it to help the person as charity. It was free. It didn't cost them nothing. They got their need met. They needed a pair of work boots to go to work. Oh, well, now you got a pair of work boots. Where are you applying? Well, I got an interview at AAA Landscaping. Oh, well, great. Now you got a pair of work boots. See how that works? Community helps that. That's charity. They're not getting a tax right off for it. Oh, you need a pair of boots? Well, here, I got this pair of boots that'll fit you. Go get your job. They go to the camp. It's because it's a legal address. It's a physical legal address where they're staying. Now they can use that as an address to get a job. Right? Even though it's a homeless camp, they can get a job. We just solved chronic homelessness. We just solved um, homeless problem. We just solved a lot of shoplifting crimes. Solved a lot of crimes. We just cut back a lot of crime. We just housed 80% of the homeless in Tucson. And we didn't have to fucking file for no grants. Most of it was free. That's pretty dead set match, right? Yeah. I'd say we just revolutionized the way you help homeless people. I call it taking back charity. Taking it out of the hands of the government, putting it back to the hearts of the people. It's the person's heart. It promotes a person to be giving and kind. It promotes kindness to our fellow man. And at the same time, when you see this person succeed, go from the streets to a job, to their own home, and you keep up with the person, you follow their progress, it gives you a sense of accomplishment and a sense of happiness that you lifted that person from being a dependent, homeless person to being an independent member of society, no longer living on the streets. It's a sense of accomplishment like no other. And that would promote kindness to people again. It would help everyone involved. See? Now, what's wrong with that? 
Nothing. Exactly. Except for the only thing all of this does is the easiest way people know what to do is call the police. Well, they don't do no longer do that. They call somebody like us. We go out and take care of it. We pick them up. We assign a member of the community in that area that we have on our team. They pick them up, <coughs> say you need a place to camp. We got a place, we'll take you. That member of the community finds the people, they take them to our camp. We do an intake on them, give them a spot. They can pitch a tent, whatever you want to do, as long as you keep it clean. You're free to rain as much as you want. You're free to come and go. We don't want to see your friends here. Anybody that's on this line has to be in the program. Has to be a member, a resident. Nobody else comes in. No friends. Go see your friends. Don't bring them in. Right? Right. Stops drug deals going down. Go meet your friends out there. Now we got general cameras that see all the tents. We can see everybody's tent, but we can't see inside. What they do inside their tent is their fucking business. Anybody more than two people at their tent, we investigate why. A lot of parties, we investigate why. They're done as a group. And the group picks up the trash. It's sanctioned, there's no more bullshit. We clear a piece of land where they can't spread fires. We'll put a four foot brick wall to where the fire can't jump over the wall and go to get surrounding trees on the property. Fence it. We can have a fire pit in the center. Gather for meetings or for just having a fire when it's cold. People get around and have different fire pits. And then we'll have one big dining tent where everybody can come get food. People will be there cooking. Food will be available when they're hungry. Now they do what they want. Right? Right. No theft. No nothing. Just people with good hearts who want to help. And they run that. They, they come in bringing donations for food or whatever. Kind of like Lewis did with the exception of we're not going to commit the acts of um, vigilanteism. We're just going to give them a place to live. Where they're not destroying neighborhoods. They're not trashing the city. There's trash cans, dumpsters, recycle bins. They have all that shit. So if someone one likes this whole idea you're saying, where, where's the first place they should connect? Well, the number one thing is we need to get a com co uh, like um, community cares. They go out and do a lot of things at Armory Park and places like that. So we get a group like that, and we find the ones with incomes. When people come up to them, we ask them, do you have an income? We can get you housing. Do you want housing? If they have incomes and a payee, those people immediately. I get Brandy there, done. Brandy takes care of that. Instant housing. And and I have a text message from Brandy where she loves that idea. She's right below Elizabeth Morales, the Director of Community Housing and Development. You think it's not going to get enacted? 
She loves the idea. Because it'll work. <laughs> it makes sense, don't it? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So, I'm putting this out there. This is a call to action. Any of you groups that drop off food at San Rita Park or whatever, y'all think about that. Get together with me. Let me bring Brandy Champion in on this, and we'll start getting people housing instead of leaving them out there after we leave. You know, it's simple as that, man. We can solve this thing they call homeless problem. It's not a problem. We just have to give people a place to be and a sign of hope. Once they have that sign of hope, homelessness ends. Poverty ends. Because they have a sign of hope to succeed. Once you show somebody success, it's really hard to go back to being fucking dependent on someone. Once they see independence, where they can live on their own and do their own thing, it becomes a whole other story. You gotta see them, see them go flourish, man. They flourish. They become good citizens. It integrates them slow back into society. Because you gotta figure, eighty percent of the homeless aren't used to being part of society. They were a hidden bunch before John McClain came along. They were a hidden bunch. We stayed hidden. So that's the show for today, folks. Um. Again, I want to mention my sponsor, Anchor FM. It's the world's first free podcasting uh, app. They will market your podcast. They will put it out to people, put it on RSS feeds. They will help you learn to make a podcast. It's all free, so download, download the Anchor FM app today. It's in your Google Play and your Apple uh, Store, App Store. Have a great night, everyone. Happy New Year's. I know. This is Anthony Potter co-hosting. Help us for hashtag help us for leave us alone. Hashtag homeless at large. Hashtag help us or leave us alone. Help us or leave us alone. Have a great day, y'all. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Homeless at Large. This is Roy Sterling Charlie, your host, and Anthony Potter, the co-host. Welcome to our podcast. We are sponsored by Anchor FM, the world's leading um, podcasting network. They will help you build your own podcast. They will help you network it to different uh, platforms. And it's all free, so download Anchor app today. Anchor FM, the sponsor of Homeless at Large. Welcome to the show, everyone. I wanted to touch on the subject we got into yesterday, and it was the privatization of, of homeless shelters. Um, these organizations are profiting big off of sheltering homeless people. Um, what was it yesterday we did? The Salvation Army, right? Yeah, the Salvation Army made over a hundred and... $916 million yeah. off of public donations. Now, these donations, 90% of the time, are free. And so how are they profiting $916 million on a non-profit tax status? Would you call that profit? I would. And so that being said, these are the organizations that I keep telling y'all, homelessness has become industry. It's more industry. It's about how, making the money now. So what they do is they get this nonprofit tax status. They get all kinds of tax write-offs. They get government grants and donations from the public. And they make millions, millions, while they call themselves nonprofit. All of this comes in tax-free. 
This is what I've been telling y'all, they're poverty pimping. They are taking these people shelter to shelter to continue the industry of helping the homeless. It's industry. That's pure profit. I wish I could go claim $916 million is not taxable, don't you? Yeah. That's tax-free money, folks. Tax-free money. Y'all think I'm lying when I tell you they're pimping the homeless shelter to shelter well. I posted yesterday about it. That's proof. They're pimping the homeless. They've turned it into an industry. These, all these homeless shelters have, have thrift stores. They get donations from the public for free. Then they turn around and sell these donations back to the public. But they won't give them for free to a homeless man. You ever tried to go into a thrift store and get something for free as a homeless man? Yeah. Have they ever turned you away? Yeah. What's your thoughts? It's easy to pimp. It's That's easy. what they do. They make it easy to pimp. Yeah. Y'all listen. I know the news says there's plenty of help out there for us, but the news lied about a lot of things. A lot of things. Um. So in this show, I also want to mention Ward 5 here in Tucson, Arizona. Richard Fingers, I want to thank you for the donation of sleeping bags. They are going to get used to some homeless people. I am also going to give some to the Veterans Administration. Uh, I called them this morning. We're going to see about meeting to pick them up and get them over there to our homeless vets. So thank you, Richard Fingers Award 5. Yeah. Some homeless people got sleeping bags this morning, Anthony. Yeah. Oh. They're nice and warm after a cold night. Yeah. Neither one of them had a sleeping bag. So, you know, look, um, this privatization of shelters is what needs to stop. Because with the privatization of shelters, they've made it to where there's no accountability. Nobody can hold these people accountable for what they do on their property. It's private property. So how they treat the homeless, that's their business. They can do anything they want. Well, that led to Crosby being dead. David Crosby. They took his nitroglycerin, which even the jail lets you keep nitroglycerin. They took it from him and, against doctor's orders, put him on the top bunk. And there's nobody to hold them accountable. Nobody. So they got away with murder. Do you agree? Yes. They got away with murder. Flat-ass murder. And nobody does nothing about it because it was private property. These shelters have to have accountability. They don't. That's what needs to change in America. There are too many shelters getting away with murder. And they're killing the homeless. Do you agree? Yeah. This is, um, but yet they call the homeless a problem, right? Correct. How is, we're not killing people. The homeless ain't How are you people. making over $94 million a year? Yeah. And they're still saying there's a homeless problem. How are they making $916 million a year and they say there's a homeless problem? That's a great question. Maybe we'll put that in the questions. Uh, you know, homeless at large and no cross ministries is a ministry where we don't point our finger at you. We're not going to tell you how mentally ill you are. We're not going to tell you what kind of drug addict you are or an alcoholic. Or I don't care about none of that. I believe every human being deserves compassion. Every human being. Before judgment. Before I judge you, I should show you compassion first. 
And that's the way that works. That's what charity is. Charity needs to be free. Nobody should get paid for charity. Do you agree? Yeah. That's what turned it into an industry when people started getting paid for charity. That's where the problem is, folks. That's where our problem lies. Too many people are counting on job security by pimping homeless people shelter to shelter rather than doing the right thing and housing the ones with income. That's our problem. Agreed? Yep. Give your um, opinions here while I hit this marijuana. Give your thoughts. No thought. Blank. See that meditation? Or nearly you'd have a thought. <laughs> Give a thought. I know you got something to say. Come on, man. You always got something to say. Well, Anthony's drawing a blank this morning, I guess, y'all. Uh, don't blame him. There's another problem. You see what they do? Anybody that makes noise, they try to medicate them heavily. And, and they, they do. They make them zombies to where they can't speak up no more. They make it to where you don't speak up no more. Look how they silenced Mr. Potter. It's disgusting. Mr. Potter used to be an outspoken individual. He didn't hesitate to give out his thought. That medication they got him on, zombie ID, made him a fucking zombie. You want to say something? I'm eager to hear your thoughts. You're not used to being on public radio, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hard, isn't it? Yeah. You know, hey, I had to do what I had to do, man. But you ain't got to worry about it, Anthony. Nobody's seeing your face. Doesn't matter. We're here to do one thing. And what's that? Help the homeless. No judgment, no cross, no, no kind of that. Look, there's nothing wrong with being on the radio. You used to own the podcast, remember? True. It's on YouTube. Yeah. So whatever happened to that boisterous Anthony? Meditation. They made you a zombie, man. Like, this is the same thing as your podcast. Same thing. We're drawing the same followers. You know, folks, these privatized shelters like Salvation Army and all them, all they're doing is pimping the homeless. They're not trying to help them. They're not trying to get them on their feet. I thought a shelter was supposed to be a place that was a hand up. They guide the homeless into getting their own place, getting stabilized in society, but that's not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing. They're holding them and poverty pimping them. Shelter to shelter to shelter to shelter. There's no help out there. Folks, if you think there's help out there, all you gotta do is become homeless and find out. That's all you gotta do. I wanted to give this little insight today Y'all, that's all we got. This little segment's going to be added to another um, episode. We're going to do this often as possible. And uh, have a great day, folks.